welcome everybody into the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. Noah Gardner, your host with you on the show. The second edition of the program, week four upon us. If you want to keep up with all the things we've got going on on the East Alabama High School Football Podcast and newsletter, subscribe at eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. Subscribing is completely free, and all of our content gets delivered straight to your email inbox. No searching for content. It's all there right for you, as well as we are on Apple Podcasts now. You can go and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Those are the two primary ways that you can support the show and the work that I'm doing here at the East Alabama High School Football Newsletter. Excited to have everybody back for week four of the high school football season. We've got an excellent show planned for you guys today as we preview week four. Our guest coming up in our second segment of the program, we have Opelika High School Football Head Coach Eric Speakman with us coming up later on in the show in about 15 minutes. He'll talk to us about the Bulldogs' big game coming up this Friday night against the Central Phoenix City Red Devils. What was once a non-region game, now a region game as the Bulldogs are into 7A for their first season. First time they've been in a region with Central and Auburn since around 2013. A lot has changed in the landscape of East Alabama High School football, and this is the first matchup between that trio of teams, Auburn, Opelika, and Central. That's the game of the week for me. That's the game that I'll be at on Friday night as storms roll into the plains, which is why this episode coming out a day earlier than we did last week. We did a Friday edition last week. This week, we are doing a Thursday edition of the show because some teams have moved around. Some teams have moved their games to Thursday night, and those are the games that we will address first as Some of these folks, once again, I've moved up to Thursday night. If you're listening to this program on a Thursday, I wanted to go ahead and get this information out to you all. We'll talk about Beauregard first as they come off of an eye-raising signature win in week three on the road at Valley, opening up region play. They knock off the Rams 31-14. Beauregard 3-0 as Justin Jones, in his second year with the Hornets, has this program elevating to potentially playoff status. A 31-14 win over Valley as quarterback A.J. Wallace continues to dazzle with his dual-threat performances at the quarterback position. Can really toss the rock around the yard as well as run the football. A very quick and agile quarterback at that. And Borgard has served up notice to 5A Region 4 with that win over Valley. Borgard taking on Tallahassee at home this Thursday night. This is a chance for Borgard to really put themselves in position to make the playoffs. This is just a six-team region in Region 4 of the 5A classification. And the AHSAA, Borgard right now, one of two teams that are currently undefeated overall. Borgard's 3-0, as well as Elmore County is 3-0, which is not a common occurrence 
for Elmore County. I'm interested to see how their season unfolds moving forward. Central Clay County is 1-1 one one overall. They played a 6A Benjamin Russell to open up the year in a non-region game. They are still 1-0 nonetheless in region play. Beauregard's win over Valley certainly gets some folks' attention as Valley was battle-tested going into that game, had played Handley and Lynette up to that point. An impressive win over Lynette, a close loss to Handley, which is impressive in itself. And now, going into that game against Beauregard, you think this may be a little bit more of the same in this series over the last couple of years. And Beauregard comes out and makes a statement, 31-14. to It's not particularly close. Now they take on a Tallahassee team that this game, being completely honest, in years past, this one looked like a tall task to win. This year, it looks certainly winnable for the Borgard Hornets, especially with it being at home. A look at Tallahassee and what they've done this year up to this point. A 37-13 win over Realtown. They beat Booker T. Washington and Tuskegee 21-12 on the road. Then they played Central Clay County last week and lost 21-6, which Central Clay County, they're the powerhouse in this region. This is the team that could easily go undefeated any given year. will advance deep into the 5A playoffs. They have been state championship contenders year in and year out. This is the cream of the crop. And for Tallahassee to lose by 15, impressive, but only putting up six points. And the way this Borgard defense has played out of the gates this year, have not given up more than two scores in a ball game. The most points that they've given up up this point is the Selma game where they gave up 16. So it's going to be a tough task in the rain for a Tallahassee team that has not moved the football very well to open up this season. Scoring points with the way that the weather is looking going into this matchup is going to be tough. At the end of the day, the teams that win in these rain games, it's not about the teams who could throw the football. It's the teams that were able to move the rock inside the hashes. A very similar matchup this week for Beauregard against Towsey. A very similar task this week against Towsey as it was against Valley. This is going to be a physical football game. It's going to be about who can move the football, who can move the leather ball over a white line in between the hashes. This isn't going to be as much about the finesse. This is going to be about the physical. Can Beauregard move the football on the ground? And I think there's a lot of optimism that they're going to be able to handle business against Towsey and stay undefeated, which by the way, The circle of Auburn-Opelika, the teams in this area that we cover, Auburn, Opelika, Lochapoca, Beauregard, and Lee Scott, undefeated still heading into week four. Not a common occurrence, especially considering Auburn and Opelika typically have played each other by this point. So by default, somebody's got to have a loss. This area is up, and I think Beauregard's win over Valley last week really signals that every single team in this area is a force to be reckoned with in their respective regions this year. Not saying that everybody's state championship contenders, but everybody looks to be playoff contenders for sure around the Auburn Opelika area, which is not a common occurrence to have all five of those teams in the playoff hunt. And I think they could all do some serious damage. Borgard, Tallahassee, a big game kind of flying under the radar here in the Auburn Opelika area going into Thursday night. We will switch over to the AISA realm. Lee Scott has not allowed a single point this year. They've shut out their two opponents. They beat Chambers Academy in week one, 33-0. And then last week, we had Jacob Goins of the Lee Scott Sports Network with us. We talked a little bit about the Monroe Academy game coming up. But if you're curious about the things going on at the Lee Scott program and how that program has evolved over 
the three years now that Buster Daniel has been there. This is year three for Buster Daniel. If you're curious about how that mentality, how this program has evolved, how this program has turned into the force that it is in AISA, go listen to that interview podcast once again, available East Alabama HSfootball.substack.com as well as on Apple Podcasts. Go and check out our episode that we had Jacob Goins on with us from last week of the Lee Scott Sports Network. Going back to the Warriors, though, 33 to nothing over Chambers Academy, 45 to nothing over Monroe Academy. Neither of those at home. They won't play a home game until September 16th against Glenwood School. They've got Morgan Academy on the road this Thursday night, a road game. Moved up. That's a tough task. You've lost a day of preparation. You're going on the road two hours away. And then on top of that, it's going to be in rain and wind, and it's going to be nasty. This is probably the best team that Lee Scott has played to this moment. A look at the Morgan Academy Senators, which my intel tells me after talking to some folks, Jacob Goins giving me an inside look on this game, talking about this Morgan Academy team that has started out 1-0 in AISA play. They beat Valiant Cross Academy last week 20 to nothing. Only lost to Patrician Academy 48-26, to which I know sounds like a lopsided victory, but if you follow the AISA, you know how good Patrician Academy is. And to only lose by that score actually is a positive indication, especially considering that was Morgan Academy's first game, as well as beating Valiant Cross. Valiant Cross has got some athletes down there in Montgomery. They've got some really good young players coming up. And although there are some mistakes at times that shoot themselves in the foot, Valiant Cross is still a tough team to beat. Very physical, very fast, and Morgan Academy took them down 20 to nothing. This is an athletic Morgan Academy team. They're going to spread out Lee Scott a little bit more than some of the other teams at this point have done to the Warriors. They're going to try and spread them out. Last year, this game was an excellent football game that Lee Scott ultimately went on to win 31-17. Morgan Academy threw the ball around the yard. I expect to see them throw the ball again. Now, how well will they be able to do that in the rain? This is a team that has a spread offense, and you don't see a ton of spread offenses at the AISA level. You see a lot of running offenses. You see a lot of teams get up under center, maybe even run some wing tee. This game features two teams that like to get the ball out of the perimeter and run. At the end of the day, I think Lee Scott's going to end up proving that they are the more physical team. This is a team that has not shied away from contact, has not shied away from running the football in between the hashes, and I think that's going to give them an advantage, once again, when you take into account the weather. This Lee Scott team, I'm extremely high on them. I think they have a real opportunity in this new look AISA when you look at the way that the classifications shook out after some teams left AISA, went to the AHSAA, the top level, 3A, they only have eight teams. It's one region in AISA at the top. And this Lee Scott team, every bit as good as everyone else in this region. Them and Altaga Academy look to be the cream of the crop up to this point. And the way that that defense has played after two weeks, they got to be licking their chops to go and play in this weather on the road. I'm excited to see how this team plays in their final road game before they get their home opener. They got to be excited to end this stretch of play. Defense has still not given up a point. This is probably the most daunting offense that they've played at this moment, at least in terms of spreading the football out. Let's see if they can keep that streak of shutouts up to this point. But an important game for the Warriors, nonetheless, and we'll see if they can stay undefeated as they wrap up their three-game road stretch to open up the regular season. 
Moving on to the undefeated Lochapoke Indians at 3-0, and and then we'll talk about Auburn and Opelika before we get to our guest, head coach Eric Speakman of the Opelika Bulldogs. Lochapoka 3-0, and they beat Verbena last week 14 to nothing. Total points allowed at this point on that defense, as we mentioned last week, led by Auburn commit J.C. Hart. They've only given up 12 points across three weeks. This defense is allowing four points per game after the first three weeks where they've played Lafayette, Beulah, and Verbena. Lafayette and Beulah both bigger than Lochapoca in terms of classification. While the offense may not be putting up a ton of points, averaging 24 per game, the defense has been staunch, to say the least. And I wouldn't expect that to change. As of the moment that we are recording this podcast, they are set to play Saturday, September 10th, against Central Hainville, which Central Hainville right now this season, 0-2 on the year. 0-1 overall in region play. And I wouldn't expect much to change with the tail of the tape here. Central Hainville only averaging 11 points per game through their first two. They lost 42-14 to to Borgard, and then last week lost 24-8 to against Maplesville. Lochapoca's defense, I expect to still thrive here. Now, how many points Lochapoca puts up on offense? That hasn't been the problem at this point through their first three. When you're only allowing four points per game, you really just need two field goals, right? And most teams can find two field goals in a football game. This defense has been incredibly impressive. It's a chance for Lochapoca to get out to 2-0 in region play and continue to stay with the leading pack in those region standings. Next week, the home game, the rivalry game, as Lochapoca will take on Natasolga on Friday night, September 16th. Natasolga right now out the gates. Outscored by a total 55-8 to through their first two games. They are 0-2 on the year and 0-1 in region play. Lochapoca really does look like one of those leading candidates right now out of the gates in this region alongside Maplesville, Altagaville, and Billingsley in this Class 1A Region 4 standings. Those are the four teams right now that are 1-0 after one week of region play. Going to take a look now at them. Auburn Tigers 3-0 had their best performance of the season. I saw them play Dothan last week, 42-14. So up to this point, Auburn 17-14 victors over Hoover. They beat Enterprise 31-21, who looks pretty good at this moment. And then Dothan 42-14 last week, which was their most complete performance to date. It was 42-7 with Auburn inside the five-yard line against Dothan last week about the start of the fourth quarter, and they subbed in Braden Joyner, the Auburn offensive lineman committee, plays left tackle for Auburn. They subbed him in at quarterback to take a Wildcat snap, kind of like the Bears would do with the fridge, not in the Wildcat, but snapping the football and giving it to him at the goal line. Very difficult human being to tackle Braden Joyner, I would imagine. Unfortunately, the ball was snapped high, Went off of his fingertips. It was picked off in the air by rushing Dothan players around the edge, caught, and then took nearly 100 yards for a touchdown. That's where the score 42-14 to comes in. No other points were scored in the fourth quarter. But I was very impressed with the way Auburn played last week. And for folks out there that listened to last week's show when I was previewing this game, I was interested to see what type of fight Dothan was going to put in this game. But Auburn's defense did not allow any form of continuity, any form of semblance of 
success on the offensive side of the football. They were disruptive all night long, and then the offensive side of the ball, Auburn, whoever's playing quarterback, which right now they've got a two-quarterback system between Clyde Pittman, the senior, and then the junior, Davis Harson. No matter who's playing quarterback for Auburn right now, which the offense does change a little bit depending on who's in, revolving around their respective strengths, no matter who has been the quarterback, Auburn's offense has thrived. They've been able to score and move the football regardless of who's playing quarterback, and that's an incredible luxury for Auburn at this point. And you saw that on full display against Dothan. They were able to run the ball with their quarterback. They were able to run the ball with their running backs. They were able to throw the ball, of course, downfield. And then defensively, they were all in that backfield against Dothan. And Dothan was really unable to get anything going on the offensive side of the football. 42-14, to the win for Auburn. They've got Jeff Davis this week at home. I've also seen Jeff Davis in action this year. They played Opelika a few weeks ago. I was really impressed with Jeff Davis. Now, is this Jeff Davis team challenging for a playoff spot? Probably not. 1-2 and two overall right now. Got their first win of the season last week against Sidney Lanier in a non-region game. They're 0-1 in region play. Jeff Davis at this point, the only region team that they have played against is Opelika. This is a region game for those that did not know that Jeff Davis was still in this region. They beat Sidney Lanier last week 22-6. They lost to Opelika 35-14. I was at that game, and I was impressed with Jeff Davis. They got up 6-0 on Opelika early in the second quarter. They've got some real speed, and they've got a running back that, let me tell you what, I wouldn't want to tackle him. And you look at running backs that have some of that size and they're extremely muscular. Looks like it hurts to tackle them. That's Wendell Powell for Jeff Davis wearing number four. So if you're at this Auburn game and you see this guy toting the rock, he delivers the pain. This guy is a yards after contact player. That first time you hit him, he's not going down. You need to hit low. Get some buddies to help you out to take him down because he is going to take you for a ride for another couple yards. He had an excellent game against Opelika as well as DJ Harris. Where's number two? Listed on their Max Preps roster as a wide receiver slash running back, but he will take direct snaps at the quarterback position. He'll take some read option snaps at quarterback, and it's every time there is a chance for him to go all the way. He is that fast. If he gets the edge on you, he gone. He gone. Tail lights. Auburn, who's given up some big plays at this point this season, gave up a big play or two against Dothan last week, although it was an excellent defensive performance. I'm interested to see if they can keep contain on this offense that's going to hit you up the middle, hit you up the middle, hit you up the middle with Wendell Powell, and then they're going to bust it to the outside with DJ Harris or or getting it to one of their other wide receivers like Jalen Stinson. They've got some good players. They've got some good athletes on offense. Now, the defense maybe leaves a little bit more to be desired, but they've got some real athletes all around the field, and they have some success on offense, or at least we've seen them have some success on offense. This football team is not the same Jeff Davis that we've seen in years past. They've built up to this point. I still think Auburn should cruise comfortably, but this will be a test in terms of keeping contain and in terms of making good plays in the open field on defense, I'm interested to see and to know if Auburn gives up big plays on the defensive side of the football. They've got some big games coming up later in the season against teams that are going to have athletes all over the field. Opelika, Central, Prattville, all of those games coming up in late September and then into October. This is the easy part of the schedule for Auburn. They need to be handling their business comfortably and continue to improve each week. And they did that last week against Dothan, by far their most complete performance. 
And now on to the Opelika Bulldogs. Save them for last, considering we'll have our interview with head coach Eric Speetman coming up on the other side of our upcoming break. Talk about their most complete performance to date. The Opelika Bulldogs with a massive win over Robert E. Lee last week, holding the Generals to seven points. They blew up the scoreboard on the offensive side of the football Big win for Opelika. Now, Robert E. Lee is down this year, 0-3 and 0-2, still searching for their first win, but they kicked the door down last week. Threw the ball around the yard really well, ran the football. They were good in all phases of the game, and head coach Eric Speakman will talk about that in a few moments. This Opelika team with the massive home region contest against the Central Phoenix City Red Devils. I think this is the game of the week in the area. These are two teams that are extremely familiar with one another. This is the 80th meeting all time between Central and Opelika, but now it means something in the region standings. And it used to back around 2013, but it's been a little bit since this game meant something in the region standings. How does that change the mentality going into this football game? In the past, it's been, hey, let's go out there, let's play our best football game. We're going to really challenge ourselves, but at the end of the day, we know this isn't going to affect the outlook of our season because it doesn't affect the region standings. If you can pull off an upset against Central, you're in pole position in this region. You've all of a sudden assumed the role of region leader, right? And you've probably... Put yourself in a really safe position for the playoffs and you've assumed that leading role in the region if you can pull this upset you feel really good about where you're at moving forward assuming that catastrophe doesn't occur across the rest of the season but this is the beginning of a really tough four game stretch for Opelika they've got Central this week at home then they're on the road at Prattville which they had an eye-raising loss to Smith Station last week that was not expected to happen that game maybe the outlook of that game against Prattville looks a little bit different as we begin to put these puzzle pieces together as more games are played. They'll have a non-region game against Theodore, and then they will be back in the region at Auburn to round out September. And then the final three weeks of the year, Smith Station, Enterprise, and Dothan. This game against Central, once again, it does not define your season. If you lose, it does not wreck your playoff hopes. There's still, and we knew this, and we talked about this last week, there's still going to be work to be done going into October. That is completely normal. This region is stacked. This is the SEC West of high school football. Every single game is a challenge. There's no off nights, and that became even more true when Smith Station pulled the win they did last week. I don't know who the worst team is in this region, aside from looking at a couple of the Montgomery schools. We are talking about Jeff Davis and Lee Montgomery at this point, but when you get away from those two, you still have... You still have six other teams that are trying to make the playoffs. You still have seven other teams that are trying to make the playoffs with Smith Station entering the picture. All of those teams have wins at this point other than Prabble, who's 0-1. That's how stacked this region is. And Prabble's going to pick up that win, let me assure you. Once again, this game does not define your season. Most people would expect Central to come out as the region champion. But... If you can pull the upset, it changes the complete outlook of your year. And as Coach will tell us later on in the show, this is a carbon copy central team. They're one of the best teams in the state. One of the best four teams in the state. You'd expect to see them in the Final Four when it's all said and done. But that doesn't mean that Opelika can't go out there, play a really good football game. That doesn't mean Opelika can't go out there, go toe-to-toe with them. Build some confidence. Even if you don't win... You can still take something away from this football game and build on it as the year goes on. They may see Central again in the playoffs, and it's hard to beat a team twice, especially in this region. 
it's something that you can build on. It's something that you can create some confidence from and see where you stack up in comparison to that leading pack right now, which I think most people would say the hierarchy of this group until some team supplants them, it would be Central and Auburn. And so this is a game. This is a measuring stick game to see where you are compared to where Central and Auburn is at. And I expect Opelika to go out there and play and to try and hang toe-to-toe and throw some punches themselves. I expect them to stay in this football game. This is going to be an excellent game. Central last week beat Enterprise 27-7, notably holding Enterprise, which isn't an excellent passing team. They don't thrive on the passing end. That's not what they do on offense. In years past, this has been a wing T offense. They held them to under 60 passing yards, though. You know this team's talented. You know they're really good. Let's see what this Opelika offense can do that has thrown the ball really well, struck a chord last week, throwing the football with Romy Gagliano, who had a big week. I'm talking about player of the area type of week last week, throwing the football against Robert E. Lee. Let's see what he does against this central defense. This, like I said, is the measuring stick game for Opelika at this point to see where they are in comparison to some other teams in the region. Once again, it doesn't define your year. You can still derive confidence from this game, and we already knew, regardless of what happens in this game, we said this last week, there's going to be work to be done going into October in order to make the playoffs. And if you handle your business in October, you're going to be feeling pretty good about yourself making the playoffs. And that's not me writing off the games against Prattville or Auburn. Honestly, at this point, they should feel confident any game they play that Opelika is going to be able to stay in it, that they're going to have a shot to win, This Opelika team is good. I've been very impressed with them at this point. Any team should go into a football game confident that they can win. That's the mentality that they need to have. Of course, it's very difficult to go undefeated in this region, but we know there's going to be work to be done still going into October for many teams in this region in order to make the playoffs. Most team seasons do not end in September. You still have stuff to play for going into October, and that's going to be no different for Opelika. I'm excited to see how the Bulldogs stack up against Central because everybody knows in order to be the best, you got to beat the best, and Central's been one of the best teams in the area, and there's no other way to cut that. On the other side of this break, we've got Opelika football head coach Eric Speakman talking to us about this game against Central. He gives us an inside look on the Bulldogs' prep through the week as well as what to expect from this ball game and what's been going on with the Bulldog program through the first three weeks of 7A football. A lot of great conversation coming up with Opelika football head coach Eric Speakman on the other side of this break. Hey, everybody, this is Noah Gardner with the East Alabama High School Football Newsletter. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter or our podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as subscribe to the newsletter at eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. That's eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. If you subscribe to that, once again, it's completely free. All you have to do is put in your email address, and anytime we've got content coming out from this show or from our newsletter, it gets delivered straight to your email inbox. No hassle, no having to search for content. It's completely free. It's completely easy. That's a great way to support the program and what we've got going on as we try and promote all these wonderful programs here in the Auburn Opelika area and give them the recognition and the coverage that they deserve and get you ready and prepped for Friday nights. Thank you to everybody for listening and for supporting the program. Now let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back into the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. Noah Garter here with you, now joined by Opelika football head coach Eric Speakman. Coach, appreciate you taking the time to join us on the program. Hey, no problem. Good to be with you. Coach, it's been an excellent start to the season for the Opelika Bulldogs. 3-0, 2-0 now in region play. What's been the most encouraging thing for you through the first three weeks? Uh, I think just the fact that we've gotten better each week, you know, that's kind of always your goal uh, early on in a season when you have a new team and, you know, early part of the year, you're you're looking to, to get better from week to week. And we had a big win against Callaway and then uh, came home and beat Jeff Davis and then went on the road last week to beat Lee to put us to, at 2-0 and in the region and, you know, can't be off to a better start than that. You're talking about getting better each week, and things opened up in a big way last week against Robert E. Lee on the road. Was this the team's most complete performance, and if so, how? Yeah, I think it was. If you look at the at the total package of the game, you know, we, our kickoff coverage was really good. We had a couple balls kicked in the end zone and uh, kicked a field goal for the first time this year. So we put Johnny Cecina under a little pressure and. Uh, to see what he he could do, and uh, then the passing game, uh, Roman Gagliano hit I think six, seven different receivers, and we were able to run the ball for over 200 yards on offense. And then the defense played really good, basically pitched a shutout. Uh, Lee scored late, maybe two minutes to go in the game, so uh, on some younger kids. So uh, you know, you kind of look at the final scores, more of a 31 to nothing game, and uh, like you said, a, a really complete performance by our kids. And you talk about that passing game. Three weeks in, I know this passing game looks a lot different maybe than where it was even a year ago for this team. How close is this offense to having that dynamic element of having a vertical passing game that can stretch you down the field? How close is this offense to having that in its arsenal, or is it already there? Uh, we're, we're still working on that. Uh, a lot of our passes here lately have been uh, you know, just little short routes, some screens, uh, just your, your standard stop route to a, to a receiver, you know, on a singled up on a corner and just really taking what the defense gives you. And, uh, you know, we're kind of incorporating that into our run game, uh, especially early in the game when uh, some of these defensive lines that we play are really good, really physical and fast. So trying to get them run side to side. And then as the game wears on, hopefully you can lean on them a little bit and and run the football a little bit better. So uh, it's constantly a work in progress, but I think Roman's done a great job each week of, distributing the ball to a lot of different kids. I think we've got a total of nine different uh, receivers or kids that have caught a pass, uh, whether it be running back or receivers or tight ends. So uh, doing a good job of, of getting the ball to different people so that you can't just focus on one guy. He was thrown into the fire last year, had to take over as a starter midway through the year, going into his second year as being a starter, his first full year as being the starter. How have you seen him mature? Well, just, you know, I probably maybe just the confidence of knowing that the job's his and working all summer, knowing that, uh, you know, you're the starter coming back. And, you know, there's we've got some kids that work at quarterback, but there really wasn't a competition. Uh, we just we knew Roman was the guy and he's worked really hard to, to you know, make sure he re- remains the guy each week. And, uh, of course, he's gotten bigger and stronger and uh, just allows us to do so many things in the passing game because he's got such a strong arm. Of course, roster overturn is 
a big thing every year in high school football. Guys graduate, they have to be replaced, and sometimes that's difficult to do. And, and I don't even like the term replace because these guys are, are so valuable and you love these guys in the program, but you look at the defensive side of the football and you lost some key guys that are playing ball at the next level. What are you seeing out of this unit going into this year with some new faces? Uh, a lot of kids that just play really hard, give a lot of great effort. Uh, you know, I, even talking to my wife last night about this team, uh, it's got a bunch of kids on it that really may not be marquee football players, you know, big name, big stars, and getting recruited, but it's a bunch of great kids. And a lot of times in high school, that's what you really win with, more so than than some guys that are, you know, obviously, you know, big-time recruits. And just, you know, giving you a total team and total team effort, uh, especially on defense, because that's, that's so important. Uh, you know, you can you can mess up a little bit on defense, but if you give great effort, then you can cover up a lot of those mistakes. And I think that's what you're seeing out of these guys that are playing defense for us this year. Two region games in the books in 7A football. I know it's early, but what are some things that you've noticed about the 7A level as the program has made its transition? Uh, just, you know, uh, maybe a little bit bigger kids on, on every team now than what you see in 6A, uh, you know, just across the board when you're playing Phoenix City and Auburn and, you know, now Jeff Davis and Robert E. Lee and Enterprise and uh, Prattville next week. Um, you know, when you get the – obviously, the, the bigger the school, the more kids they have to choose from, but probably just the size of the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, a lot of your 6A teams are going to have one kid that's really big, maybe two, uh, but it's usually not the three up to five kids across the board. Uh, it's probably the biggest difference that you see 6A to 7A. Does that get you guys on offense or defense to change anything? Don't have to get too far into the schematics here. It's early in the season, but ha- has that – change the learning curve a little bit going to this level? Uh, probably not. I mean, I think you really, if you start trying to do things that you you is not the identity of your team, that's when you get yourself in trouble or you start making stuff up that, you know, maybe your kids really can't do. So uh, we pretty much stick to, to what we've always been good at. And, uh, you know, obviously you, you take the kids that you have each year on that team and, adjust the, the scheme to them a little bit, but staying with inside what your, your program's good at. And, uh, you know, you really just you do that and, and hope, hope you play well on Friday night and come out with a win. And to be fair, this program and you, and you have not been shy about playing some of the best teams in the state in non-region games in years past. This week at Central Week, you've played them, you play Auburn, you play Smith Station, you play these teams every year, now they're in your region, so it's not like you haven't seen some of these teams already at this point. Does the mentality change a little bit from seeing a team like Central when playing them as a non-region team to playing them now as a region game? Uh, I, I can probably tell you more of that after Friday. <laughs> uh, you know, just over the past couple of years, we've always played this game, and it's always been the middle of the year week five uh so here we are week four playing it um so i think a lot of times in the the last couple of years since 2014 when it's been a non-region game we went into it with the mentality of let's go out and play as hard as we can and and see what we can do um you know now it's a, got a little bit more riding on it because we're three or two and oh in the region central's two and oh and auburn's two and oh and we're the last three teams that, that don't have a loss so you kind of need to stay ahead of the curve on those guys and, uh, you know, a lot of our kids that are on this team uh, really don't remember all the way back to 2013, the last time that this was a region game. So 
it will be something new for them. The obviously playing Central won't be new, but playing against them in a game that that really counts will be new. Heart of the schedule's upon us. You mentioned some of those teams. You got Central coming up, home game. Then you're at Prattville. You got a home game and a non-region game against an undefeated Theodore right now. Then you got Auburn on the road, and then Smith Station with a big win last week. Even maybe raising some eyebrows when they beat Prattville. Heart of the schedule's upon you. What's the message to the team as things really intensify in region play? Really, just uh, we talked on Sunday when we had them in there that you know we we have to continue to to keep going up, you know, on an upward plane, getting better each week, the same coach speak that everybody gives you, you know, get better every week. Um, you know, it's a little bit different now in 7A that you, if you ever look at the bracket going in, because there's fewer teams and one fewer round, you actually come back to play possibly your region in, in the second week of the playoffs. And, you know, in 6A and below, you don't see your region again till round three if both teams get there. So, you know, we talked the other day that, you know, there's a really good chance if we could go deep in the playoffs that we're going to play in Auburn and, and Central twice in a year, both teams twice in a year. And that's if you can, you know, you obviously get in the playoffs and you win your first game, then you're probably playing one of them in round two. And if you could pull off a, a win against them again, uh, or even for the first time, then you're going to play the other one the following week. So, uh, you know, we, we'll – play really hard this Friday and you know if we win we win that's great if we lose then then we'll keep working to get better with the knowing the possibility of playing playing central again in the playoffs is an ultimate goal it really is the SEC West of high school football but looking at this team on film what are you seeing when you look at central this year now a lot of you know carbon copy of central uh over the last probably 10 years a lot of great players, uh, really well coached. Uh, probably since Coach DeBose got in there a few years ago, uh, has that program really taken off? And um, and then Coach Nick's coming in has just done a great job of, of maintaining and, and, and really keeping it, probably making it uh, a little bit, I guess, taking it a step above what it was, uh, if, if you could even do that. But, uh, you know, it's so hard to maintain – a program at that level and, and coach Nix has done a great job of doing that and but what you see is a bunch of great players uh that you know play really hard a lot of times when you get as many great players as they have it's kind of hard to always get those guys to gel and mix together but but they seem to be doing it uh, do a great job of that over at central this year what are the keys to the game if you guys are going to pull it out on friday night well, we need a lot of rain and wind in central space. Um, every, every, every drive they get, and then it needs to stop when we have the ball. Now, just kidding. But, uh, you know, anytime you're playing somebody like that, I think, uh, and even, you know, probably when you play us, uh, I would think people would say it, the, you have to have them make some mistakes. So, you know, they have to turn the ball over. They have to do some things that are uncharacteristic, maybe have some penalties that, that uh, push them behind the chains, uh, you know, in the run game. So if, you know, happens to be a big run, maybe you had a hold that, that gets called. Uh, just some things like that, that that have to go your way. And then obviously you can't do that. You can't give them uh, short fields in the kicking game. You can't turn the ball over and lose possessions. Uh, and obviously you can't have any what we always term stupid penalties, you know, penalties after the snap, uh, you know, uh, unsportsmanlike or, you know, late hit out of bounds, those type things. You know, if you get holding or pass interference or all that, that's just, that's playing hard. Uh, it's the post-snap penalties that always kill you. So, 
um, I think probably you know that's the key to beating any good team. So you know if we talked later in the, when we play Auburn, I'd probably have the same same things to say about those guys. Coach, before I let you get out of here, it's not normal for this area talking about the five main teams in Auburn, Opelika, Auburn, Opelika, Lochpoca, Borgard, Lee Scott. It's not normal to see all of these teams undefeated going into week four. And that's just by virtue of some of these teams have played each other by now, mainly Auburn and Opelika. Being plugged into the area in terms of football, what's going on right now with all these programs? They, they look like they're doing really well. What's your take on the area right now in terms of the level of football being played? Uh, well, first, I think that there's a lot of, you know, obviously great players, you know, or help you win football games. There's no, you know, no doubt about that. But I think you also have a lot of really, really good coaches in this area. Uh, you know, out at Lochapoca with Coach Newton and Coach Jones at Notasoga, guys that, that really take their job seriously. You know, even at the small school level, um, those guys do such a great job. The game is so different for them. You know, they'll they'll have 28 kids on a team and, you know, 15, 16 of them play in both ways. And they manage to, to uh, win a lot of games, you know, with roster management that's it, completely different than the 6A and 7A level. And then uh, Coach Jones out at Borgard's done a great job of getting that program, uh, you know, back to where uh, Coach Carter had it a few years ago. And, of course, you know, they had a move-in quarterback, uh, Coach Wallace's son, that's come in and, and made it, given them a big spark in their offense and a kid that can throw the ball around and, and really do some things offensively. And then, of course, your traditional Auburn and Central are always good. And uh, here lately, you know, we've been good. We hadn't been undefeated uh, because we've usually played Central or Auburn by this point. So, um, you know, that's kind of been the, the kink in our armor here uh, lately uh, was playing them early and not, you know, playing well but not winning, so not being undefeated. So, I think 2019, we beat Auburn early, and we were undefeated playing Central. So that's the last time that happened. Coach, we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today here on the show. Good luck on Friday night against Central. No, I appreciate you having me. That was Opelika football head coach Eric Speakman with us on the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. Big game against Central this Friday night. Looking forward to being in the house. That's my game of the week this week. That's where I'll be parking it. Looking forward to that one in Bulldog Stadium. That's it for another edition of the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. Subscribe on Apple as well as subscribe to the newsletter, eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com, eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. That's how you can subscribe. All of our content delivered straight to your email inbox. No hassle, no searching for content mindlessly through the internet. All of it delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Friday night. Enjoy the football. So long, and God bless, everybody.